Welcome back, 814 Podcast. We are now joined by a special guest, a man that broke records that haven't been broken since before the cell phone, the telephone existed. He is a Blue Jays legend already. It is our guy, Gate 14 guy, David Schneider. What's up, brother? How are we doing, man? Good, man. How are you guys doing? Good? Doing good. Where's where's the mustache, brother? What are you doing? You got that little fucking Ryan Gosling look going here. It's the off season, you know. You gotta, I gotta fill, I gotta fill it out first, and then go back mustache when I get down to spring training. It's gonna I'll be. I'll tell bad. you what, the the females watching this show on YouTube, it's about to be Campbell's fucking panty soup when they see you <laughs> with a full blown beard. I'll I'll be honest, you look great. You look Thanks. fucking incredible. I usually what? have a beard. It was just literally kind of this season where I got a mustache, but I gotta keep it. I got, I'm bringing it. Yeah, back. you can't. You cannot go away from that. Yeah, it's your thing. it kind of sucks though, Schneider, because you are good looking with the beard. Obviously, you and I are both beard guys. People have seen the picture of me without a beard in grade 10. It's a tough look. Um, <laughs> do you hate that though? Like, do you hate like obviously you're like good looking with the beard, like I mentioned, and then now you got to go back to a mustache where it's kind of you're you're kind of going away from like that, you know what I'm you know what I mean? Or do you like the mustache? No, I do like the mustache. The only thing about it is, is that I have to shave every day basically around it. So that can be a pain in the ass. But <laughs> like, I like having both. Like, it doesn't really matter to me, but just the whole shaving aspect, I kind of hate. So, like, in the offseason, I don't feel like doing anything every day. So the beard is the way to go. Yeah. You know? I mean, the beard just looks weird right now, man. I got to say it. I was so, yeah. I was so used <laughs> to the mustache. So, like, I guess it is weird, but this is like normal to me. Like, yeah. having a mustache is kind of weird. So, like, I guess they have, the mustache is the only time you ever see me. So. Yeah, that's as fair. long as you step I, in that box with a mustache, I'm gonna be fine with it. Yeah, no, no. First game spring training, the stash is gonna be there. Don't worry. We'll be there, Schneids. We'll be know, locked in. Sick. We're gonna get some content going. Hell yeah! Is he we'll just coming out the first, right? Or yeah, we'll be there the first of the six. But let's address the elephant in the room, Schneids. All right. Um, a couple months ago, uh, or a month ago, you went on a certain podcast, uh, against the mortal enemy of mine. Uh, Ernie Clement <laughs> went out of his way like. Obviously, it's a joke that I was mad about it, but Ernie Clement texted me. He's like, "Dude, I'm so yeah. sorry, bro. I didn't know you hated this guy." Either, what, either what did happened I, I here? Know. Did you know? Did you know what happened? Like, do were no, you a little I, in the back of your mind? Like, oh, the, my Gate 14 boys, they hate this motherfucker. Like, where were no, you at with that? Literally zero clue. Like, he contacted me. I, like, I, I met him during the season from like him interviewing me, but I had I kind of like, you know, there was just so many people I couldn't really like kind of know and no names, and he contacted me. So you're gonna come on this interview with me, Ernie, and Spence, and I was like, "Yeah, they're going on it. I'll be, I'll go on it for sure." And then I didn't know anything about it, and then you texted us, and then or I saw like something that you put out, and then Ernie told me too, and I was like, "Oh shit, I feel." I feel oh like no, that. Th- that guy is the biggest piece of shit. Listen, I, I hope you listen to it. Is the worst human being ever. I'm fine saying that. That's probably the only reason why we won't probably get credentialed for spring training because I was saying to Avery like I was gonna wear a blocked by Wilderness shirt. Um when we're, we get in the locker room, so that probably won't be able to happen. But anyways, it, it, w- he's a professional we'll walk, reporter. He's a professional water reporter. Under the bridge. It's water yeah. under the bridge is fine. It's funny because all the comments under it are like tagging me like, oh, no, oh, no. Like everyone was tagging us when they when he announced about that interview. So I was like, ah, they didn't fucking know. You know, you're not in the yeah. mud like we are. So I get it. Yeah, I had zero clue anything about it. If I knew, I would have been like, mm. but yeah, I had, I had zero clue. So and then I didn't know anything about it. And then Ernie told me I was like, Damn, that's, that's <laughs> Ernie was legit apologizing, and I was yeah. like, "Ernie, you're a pro baseball player. You don't have to fucking apologize to me because you went on a show on my enemy." But it is funny. Ernie's the man, so I I do respect Ernie going out of his way to apologize to me. That's why yeah. he's uh one in a million. We need Ernie's to we need to know about that uh, golf tournament, you and Ernie, how that went. 
Yeah, I sucked ass. I mean, Ernie played well, but I mean, Romano was there. It was me, Romano, Ernie, and Wit. Obviously, with the three uh, or four Blue Jay guys there. But um, yeah, it was a lot of fun though. I mean, we, there was a bunch of guys. There was, I mean, obviously Smoltz was like the big headline there. Wit was the big one too, and like there was a couple other guys like um, Will Myers and everything, Zach Eflin. But it was a it was a hell of a time down there. Like the four days going out, we went out to Disney. Me, Wit, and one of his buddies. It was a lot of fun. Who uh, Tyler Clippard won that event, right? Yeah, so Wit won like the gross, and then Clippard won the net. And Clippard, she shot four under the first day, which is crazy. Like he should be a professional golfer. Like, How much was, did you he go- shot four under? Yeah, he shot four under the first. He was four under through five holes. He was the group behind me, and every time I look back, he was in the middle of the fairway. He hit every green. It was incredible. Yeah, that makes me sick. Ernie's a great. Ernie's a stick, actually. The, no, that, that's what I hate about Ernie. Ernie is good at everything. Like he said, he always he. So we have a group chat with him, Curtis, and Alto, and Avery, and he texts us his beer league hockey stats. Like he gets like seven points a fucking game, and then he'll golf and shoot like three. He'll shoot like a 74, 75. But he said you're kind of a stick though too, though. I'm hit or miss. I mean, the first time I ever played with Ernie, I shot a seventy six at Oak Hill in yeah. Rochester. That was like a really good round. And so, but ever since then, I've ever every time I've been playing with Ernie, I sucked. <laughs> So, like, it was only downhill from there. But I have a good round here and there. But, you know, I, every score finds a nut here and there. So, I mean, you played with Ernie and Luplo before, right? Yeah, I played with her. They dusted me. Honestly, I think Ernie beat me by, like, 22 strokes, I want to say. I, I was Luke, just there to Luke, be there. I literally Luke. said to them on hole 17 and 18, I was like, if you guys, like, because they were go, like they were facing each other. And I was like, if you guys want me out of the way just to caddy, I will pick my ball up and just not play. You guys could just go at it. Because they were, like, in the low seventies and they were going at it. And um, Ernie stripes is Ernie is just, he's so good. at golf. It's, it's actually crazy how fucking good he is, but he's really just good at everything to be honest with you. But yeah, um, yeah he, he's a fun guy to go golfing with for sure. He gets I, me and him. I, well, he wasn't doing this, but I, I remember the first time I met him, I pulled a beauty move. It was 9am RT raw. And I go to the, I go to the uh, clubhouse and I'm like, can I have two high noons? Ernie's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? It's like 9 a.m. on a Tuesday, and this guy's ripping high noons. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, I got to pull a beauty move off for Ernie. Got to gotta alpha the shit out of him. But, yeah, he's a great guy to golf with. It's like the same way he plays baseball. Like, it doesn't even look like he's trying, but he's so good at it. Like, he'll yeah. swing at it like 400 feet. doesn't even look like he's trying because he's just so smooth at everything. Same way he plays golf. It's crazy. I think we got to find a way to get into a match here. It won't. It can't be Johnny and I, but you and Ernie will figure out play a match. Yeah. Johnny doesn't have a driver. Yeah, I don't have a driver. I sold it because yeah. I had a bad around with it. But yeah, no, I, I use a two iron. The two iron's fine. Um, yeah, I actually might have sold my two iron too. I don't remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's let's go to baseball shit here, Schneid. So yeah. last year, obviously, how would you kind of like talk about that season last year? Obviously, like you started out so hot, which in my opinion is like my. I say this for everything. When you start out too hot, you really fuck yourself. Because then you set the expectations to the goddamn moon. And it's yeah. just like every, you have one bad stretch. Everyone's like, oh, my God, the Linsanity runs over. So how would you kind of rank your season last year? And what did you kind of learn from, like, the struggles you kind of had um, towards, like, the end of it? Yeah, I mean, you kind of put it in the right way. It was just I, I did so well in the beginning and then kind of like the basically the opposite end. I did so bad. I went over 31. So like it was literally basically the opposite ends of the spectrum. But if you would have told me before the season, you know, 100 or so at bats, I'll be batting 276 with eight homers. I'll be like, so insane. and it's like it's all perspective. But yeah, it was like 
to the point where I did so well and then kind of dropped off to like literally the bottom end. But you know, that's just how baseball works. Like it, it, you always seem it out in my opinion, like especially like early on in your career, you can never really have I mean, a couple of guys, but like I said, you always are going to even out. And I feel like that kind of helped me kind of work on things and there's still holes in my swing, but you know, I was always going to stick with my approach and, you know, you're always going to get out of it at some point. You just got to stick with what you're doing. And I feel like I did that. I didn't really get too down on myself. I was like, you know, it is what it is. I was still working, you know, still trying to get better. But it was always to the point where I was trying to get better every single day. And whether I was going good or going bad, you just kind of have that even keeled on both ends. I think one of the big head scratchers for you is you get off to this really hot start. And then there was about a week where you didn't play much, right? So for mm-hmm. you at that time, were you just kind of happy to be in the big leagues and, hey, I'm going to get my chance here soon or kind of like stay ready? Obviously, you're going to stay ready for it. But what was that like week like for you? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really play from like after after the Cleveland series. I kind of started getting less playing time. And then the rumor Bo was going to come back. And I was like, all right, looks like I'm going back down the AAA. Like I was the last guy in, so I was going to be the first guy out. So I was like, all right, I'll go back to AAA. Like I made my debut. I did well. Uh, hopefully I'll be back up here soon. And then, you know, we got, we DFA Paul and I was like, shit, okay, I guess they're going to trust me to be up here. So that kind of put a, like a little bit more confidence in me This when I, when Paul got DFA'd and I stayed and then I started to play a little bit more, did well. And then obviously had a couple of bad games and play <laughs> mostly at all at the end of the season. But that moment when in Cincinnati, when Bo came back. When you saw I, us, you had a home run after you saw us yeah, on the field. That like when I saw you guys, and then I think the next day that's when Paul got to fade. That kind of helped me like mentally be like, all right, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna stay here. So take advantage of it while you can, because I figured, like I said, I was only gonna be up for maybe a couple days, couple games, and then go back down. Like that was my original thought, but I did well and then stayed. And you know, I mean, it definitely worked out for the best. But originally, I thought I was gonna go down really early. Just get 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 my name up there and go back down. But do like you, I said, it worked out for the best. Do you play with that mindset? I don't know if this is a good mindset to have, but maybe you can kind of talk me in, talk me into like saying that you have it or not. But do you like have the mindset where you're right now kind of playing with house money where you're just like, fuck it? I mean, obviously, late round draft pick broke multiple records in your rookie debut. You're like the rookie season you had. Are you just kind of going with this mindset? Like whatever happens, happens here. It's uh. I'm playing with house money. I'm just, I'm in the show. I can't believe it's happening. Or are you just, are your expectations now sky fucking high where it's like, you have to keep working and working, working to meet these crazy expectations. Yeah. It's kind of a little bit of both. Like, like you said, like late rounder, you know, I'm happy just to be in the big leagues, but you know, I definitely want to start and definitely want to contribute to this team, like as a starter in a good way. And, you know, you got to have those high expectations. So it's something to reach for. Because, like, if you're just, like, kind of happy to be there, then you kind of lose sight of, like, you know, working towards something. So, but I want to be, you know, a contributor to the team. I don't want to just be, you know, whatever that role is this year. I don't – I could be in AAA or, you know, start or be on a bench role. But I still am striving to be, you know, a big key contributor on this team this year. Who was the craziest person who reached out to you when that – the start – the record breaking stuff happen. Um, craziest? No one really crazy. I mean, I don't know. I had a couple ex girlfriends reach out to me. I guess <laughs> fucking <laughs> right, man. Yeah. They broke you up. <laughs> yeah, <It's> crazy. <laughs> no one like famous or like a big name. 
I mean, I got a text from basically like, obviously, like Bo texted me the night, the same that same night because he wasn't on the road. You know, the the first night I landed, Wit was the guy, first guy that texted me and was like, "Yo, come the room, whatever. Everyone's here, just meet everyone." So that kind of helped me kind of be a little bit more relaxed when I got that text from him. And Wit was like, "He's the man." I, I mean, I wish, obviously, he's a free agent, we could sign him back, but he he was a hell of a teammate. He was a really good guy for a rookie like me to kind of meet and kind of. Uh, keep under his wing because I, I learned a lot from every, everyone too even KK I'm happy we have KK back because he's a hell of a dude and hell of a clubhouse guy but Wit was a big contributor on kind of helping me you know rela- be relaxed and kind of go out there and just play what are you like what are you working on right now in your swing obviously someone I think YJ's told us this right Avery where you're 57 percent of the swings you make are at balls middle middle is that right Avery that sound correct I forgot I'm not a stack guy I'm not quite fucking sure what it means but um what are you kind of working on with your swing right now yeah I mean I think last year people kind of blew out the high fastball at it like a little bit more than it should have been like, yeah like obviously it's a hole in mine but like it's not like I can't hit it like people are like oh he can never hit that fastball I'm like what I've been playing baseball for pro baseball for <laughs> like obviously it's a hole in mine but I still can make contact with it. It's not like it's my kryptonite or anything. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's probably more just kind of making sure my swing is in the right spot every single time, trying to get to that spot to where I can make that a swing every single time. Because I'm, I'm very – I do have a good eye. I can definitely say that about myself. But sometimes I get a little bit too passive. But I think that makes me um, a really good hitter is that sometimes I don't swing at that pitch that I can handle, and I take it rather than – kind of grounding out or something like that but uh, probably a little bit more on the outside pitch just making sure i can hit that with two strikes because sometimes i take that a little bit too often but you know just making sure my swings in a consistent spot on a day-to-day basis and i feel like i've been doing that this all season so it's been pretty good yeah the number we we were trying to look through that too because i remember the first thing was like okay now they're going to attack them with high fastballs and you look at your numbers from last year too the high fastball and up in the zone wasn't a problem for you at all just like a classic thing hey you're gonna hit it up no velocity right yeah first game when i led off against gavin williams he was throwing 97 at the top of the zone and i was like all right can anyone really hit this like <laughs> I got- <laughs> it was at the top of the zone so that kind of made it like the scene where i couldn't hit a high fastball because it was he was throwing 97 98 at the top of the zone it's that's hard to hit yeah but if yeah. i can learn that a little bit more and because like, i'm a short guy so the top of the zone is pretty small so if I can learn to lay off those early in the count, and I feel like I'm in a good spot because sometimes I do swing at them because they look so good. Do you yeah. like the Do you like the big league zone better for your eye? Did you think? No, it was... hell, I mean, hell yeah, ABS and AAA was great. Are you kidding me? I'm I'm short, so like the zone is literally two feet. Like it's so small to me. So like I I, I like the ABS a lot because as a hitter, I mean, you want to have a smaller zone. Obviously, it sucks for the pitcher because they got to be perfect. But a zone's a zone for a reason. You shouldn't get those calls that are, you know, foot off the plate because, you know, that happened a pretty good amount for on our team last year. So, but the AAA zone was a lot better for me. Yeah. I, I have a question here from Jeremiah. Uh, he goes to uh, Holy Ro- Rosary Middle School um, in Milton. Uh, the question he has for you is, is, was Johnny drunk at Paris, Texas, or did he alpha you and get noticed instead of you at the bar? Can you answer that for Jeremiah at Holy Rosary? Yeah. Every time we turned a corner, 
oh my god it's johnny johnny swords are you kidding me and i was just like standing next to him i was like holy shit this guy's a fucking celebrity <laughs> but literally every time we turned a the corner there was a drunk dude just like dabbing you up i was like you know everyone in toronto it's crazy it's the game 14 <laughs> difference man but yeah no that night was fun dude so i'll tell a funny story our guy curtis went to the bathroom that was the night that henny cabrera was there yeah. um and Curtis mangled has no idea who Hennessy's Cabrera is. He's apparently complimenting his fucking uh, necklace or whatever is his. He was wearing a chain, Damn and right. Alto comes into the bathroom and says to Gen- like Curtis, "That's fucking Genesis Cabrera." And they go up to him and they say, "We're here with David Schneider," and he's like, "Who the fuck is David <laughs> Schneider?" Do you remember that story? Funny, because it's. Yeah, that- it's- is that like normal for big league clubhouses? I mean, obviously, you guys don't really kind of interact with relief pitchers that much, right? So is that like a normal thing? No, nah, probably not normal. It was probably definitely not sober. So <laughs> it was probably such a quick interaction to where he's like, who? Something like that. But yeah. it, you said that because that is a good story that is like we're in a bar and he's like, David Snyder's here. And he's like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good I, night, man. We had a great night. That I, was a really good fucking night. I had fun there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and going back into the baseball stuff, obviously, you took a leap defensively you played pretty well defensively as well is that something that you've also been working on especially with the holes right now in the toronto blue jays team there's no third baseman uh not really a second baseman besides 2b1 but are you are, is that something you've really emphasized this offseason is working on that defense yeah i always felt like i was a really good like not, i would say average defender like i made the routine plays that's something i really pride myself on is making the routine plays and then you know, there are plays where I can make a, make a diving catch or a slide, and but I really pride myself on the routine plays. And so the more on the defensive side, my arm strength, I've been working on that a lot more. So instead of just playing second, I can play left a little bit more, and they put me out there a little bit more because they trust me with because I have a good arm. So my, my arm strength has definitely have been a priority this offseason. I'm doing an arm program that I, they had me doing. So arm strength has definitely been uh, going up, which is good. But, you know, defensive-wise, it's – I feel like you either have it or like you don't like when it comes to being like a really like a like a perennial all-star like defender like Ernie he just has it like he you know he's a really good defender and like I said I work on the stuff that I need to work on defensively but you know the routine plays is where I want to be key at because if you make the routine plays you're going to be out on the field you know I think I saw on Twitter from probably your dad that you got your infield glove relaced is that going to make it through till next year yeah, my so it was didn't haven't got relayed since I guess the eighties. It looked pretty damn old. And then I was having a catch with my buddy. We were like doing um defensive stuff at the place where I trained and the shit broke. Like the the finger broke. So my dad had to relace it. Looks the same, just had red laces now, but it definitely was on its last leg when it came to its laces. So but it's good now. And I just got a new glove too. Like I ordered a new one. I'm sticking with the old one, but I have a good backup what, one. What company did you go with? Mizuno still. No, like, wow, Canadian riding with the Canadian company. I respect the fuck guys. That Mizuno's Canadian, right? Avery? Oh no. All right, Man. never mind. Not the Canadian company, but we'll start that narrative for you. That is a Canadian company. But last year, you got to face a ton of good pitching. Obviously, I mean, I was at that game you had. I believe it was against the Guardians, where you fucking launched off of. Was it Bibby? I don't remember who it was. Or that was a left hander. Yeah, Logan. Lo- okay, yeah, Logan. Logan Allen. Um, what? Like, who was the coolest pitcher you got to face next year? Where you kind of obviously, like I'm talking about, twenty eighth, twenty eighth, twenty seventh rounder. And you got to face this fucking guy in the batter's box, a guy you probably grew up watching or a guy you kind of idolized. Who was one guy last year you that, that was that for you? I mean, they were both in the same game, Scherzer and Chapman. Like, Holy that was the clock. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Chapman struck me out my first at bat. 
then I got a double like down the line, like a ass out double down the third baseline. And then I hit a home, the homer off Chapman. But like, it was just so surreal to me, like seeing Chapman on the mound. Cause he is a monster. Like he is <laughs> big dude I ever seen. And it's funny because I remember before they at bat, Vladdy Enbo were to- telling me, he's like, dude, he's like, not that good. Don't think just because he's a role to Chapman, he can just automatically get you out. And so that, them telling me kind of helped me just, you know, be more relaxed in the box. And then he threw a 1-0 slider right down the middle and, you know, I didn't miss it. But those two guys were pretty cool to face because they're, you know, Scherzer's definitely a Hall of Famer and Chapman, you know, is borderline Hall of Fame if he keeps his good career up because he, you know, been in the league for so long, throwing 105. He's uh, That was pretty cool, though. Yeah, I watched that at bat today because I went through the guys you hit home runs off of, and that was the one I noticed. He was 97-8 up and away, and then cock shot slider that you just launched over the left field. <laughs> I mean, it just yeah, it was a- like those are guys you watch growing up. That's got to be part of like the coolest stuff, too. And I think for you facing those guys and going to those stadiums, what was a stadium for you that was like, okay, we're doing this. I've seen story like been to these stadiums before but i'm finally getting to play there what was your favorite one you probably got to i mean it was definitely two i mean the first weekend in boston was fucking sick like debuting at, at fenway park was you know a dream because like i grew up a phillies fan obviously but i also like the red Sox when they had ortiz ramirez you know kevin euclid and pedroia so being there was pretty cool and then obviously new york new york was just like more of a it was like more of a show like getting to the ballpark it, it took a long time but like the food there was sick the clubhouse was you know one of the best and just being out on the field the lights were just different like the atmosphere was just it, it was just different i can't really describe it and it wasn't like the stadium was packed i think it was like a weekday weekday games but just the atmosphere and like being in yankee stadium and seeing judge and stanton was pretty cool and i mean playing in toronto was sick when the people ask me what my favorite city in the plane it's toronto because the fans were awesome they were so loud they showed out every game, and I just like playing under the roof. They made it so loud, and every time I walked to the plate, like it was, it was dope. Like I can, I never really take that for granted, and you know, I still get chills thinking about it. My favorite at that was when I got a pinch hit against the Rays against um, Taj Bradley. I think is his name, right? That's his first name. Yeah. And I didn't, I haven't been playing. Like I've been playing like maybe a week and a half, and they gave me like a loud ass like ovation. Like, and it was, I got goosebumps. I struck out on three pitches, but <laughs> the ovation was sick. Like them, like going up to my backs. I haven't played in a couple of weeks. And so that was like one of my favorite at bats, even though I struck out on three pitches, it was still pretty is sick. It, is that another thing you're kind of working on? Obviously, I mean, you can't really prepare for the pinch hitting stuff, but like, have you talked to guys that have done it or maybe like a mental skills coach or anything along those lines? Because obviously it's something you can't prepare for, but there is guys that have made a living like Matt Stairs asked who has who have been really good pinch hitters like is that something that you've been kind of working on mentally or because it, it, it's a hard task to do right yeah it is definitely tough because like you don't know who you're gonna face like before the game like you obviously have the names and the guys who are in the pen and everything like that so you study them but like I don't think anything can really prepare you for that like mentally like there's nothing really you can do obviously you study the pitchers what, what they throw how they throw them like that's all you can really do and it's all about like making sure you are ready like making sure you have enough swings in the cage beforehand just making sure you're ready like mentally and physically like you don't want to go in there cold so just making sure you're prepared before you know before you got told you're going up to the plate just always be ready even though you might not get in at bat just make sure you're just set and locked in yeah we had because Horowitz came on here too and he said 
he was like nervous to pinch it and Chabby said just attack it like you would a normal yeah. at bat, right? So you read the pitcher and nobody's gonna throw, but like don't treat anything differently or try not to, because like it shouldn't be different. You might it's treated like your first bat of the game. That's all you gotta really do, right? Like obviously it's a bigger situation or the situation might be different, but try to treat it the same like your first at bat. That's the way I look at it. We had a, a question from one of the Discord people. Something I need to know, too, because I asked Jano this last year. As a glasses guy, I would play with glasses, and I had a fat face, so they would fog up an incredible amount. Are you dealing with that same problem, too? Does everyone deal with that? Yeah, it depends on the night. Like, in Toronto, it's kind of easier just because, like, it's not really humid. Like, it's pretty cool in there, but there are some night games where it's, like, it fogs up. You can't see anything. So, like, sometimes I got to make, like, put it just a like little over bit. Over your nose a little bit? Yeah, like put it farther away from my face to make sure it clears up and then put them back up, right back on. Ten seconds later, same thing. So you're going to have to like each pitch, you're going to have to do it and um, take it off. But it is tough to do. But that's like once every six games that happens. You know, do we think laser eye surgery is going to hurt your ability to see the ball or what? No, I just never really I thought about it, but I'm like, you know, I got the mustache. I got the glasses. It fits the look. Don't don't try to change anything up. Just keep what everything I got going. You know, I so agree. Keep, you know, I, I agree. I have a question from uh, Spencer Horowitz. He texted me this. He told me to bring up Toledo. Uh, does that name does that city ring a bell or is there a certain story that you can maybe give the listener a little inside scoop on from Toledo? Because You said it's funny. Yeah, so Toledo, it's actually a pretty nice city. It's probably one of not nice, but like it's a fun city. Like, it's, you never really think about it. It's, like, it's pretty big. The The field's close to the hotel. So we went out one night. I think it was Friday night. And I just had way one or two many shots, I would say. Tequila shots. It was me, a couple other dudes. Obviously, Spence was there. And um, <laughs> Spence was my roof. And, oh, my gosh, I, like I said, I had one too many tequila shots. And I, I felt all right. Like, I felt, like, buzzed. And, you know, I felt oh, okay. So we went back to the hotel. Then like one, one o'clock or two a.m. I was puking my brains out, like all over the bathroom, waking up Spence, and I puked probably like five times. And I was like, "All right, I'm good." And I wake up around like eleven, twelve, and I'm doing the same thing. I was throwing up in the bathroom. I was like, I was like almost. I thought I was dying. Like I thought. <laughs> I, and then Spence was like trying to feed me bread and water. He's like, "Dude, you gotta eat." I was like, "Dude, I can't eat." And so I ate the bread, threw up the bread. And then it was like two o'clock before we were going to the field. And I was like, dude, I can't come in. Like, I can't do this. Like, there's no way I can play. And our manager, Casey, was like, dude, if, you, if you're in the lineup, you're playing. Unless you're <laughs> unless you're literally dying, you're playing. So I had I went in. I did everything. I did, like, all obviously all the pregame workouts. Like, I hit BP. But I was not in good shape. Everyone was like, dude, you look like hell. And my eyes were bloodshot. It was just one of those. And I went over two with two walks. So it wasn't, like, a bad game. But it, I, I felt like shit, like the whole day. <laughs> and I took like, I drank all the water. I tried to take as many pre-work as I can to just like make sure I can go up. But it wasn't my best performance when it came to, you know, drinking. 500 OBP. That's all you can really ask. Yeah, I salvaged the day. I got two walks. I think I struck out twice. But I got on base twice. That's all you can really ask for. Exactly. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure we won the game. So that's, as long as that. That's all that matters at that point. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So you have... Matt Hag, obviously, now with the Major League team. What was his kind of impact on you? Because everyone says, awesome guy, done it before, done the grind. 
how do you feel about him being with the major league club now? Kind of what his impact was on you. No, oh, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, the first he texted me and Spence um, before I found out, and he was like, "Any good coffee places in Toronto?" And I was like, "Uh oh, hell yeah!" He, I think he, you know, has got a position there. But you know, he's just a really good guy. Like, you can talk to him about other things than baseball, but he's also just one of the smartest hitting hitting guys that I've ever been around. He just knows the swing. He knows you personally. He knows how to kind of reach you and. He doesn't really try. He, he knows everyone's different. So he doesn't say one thing to a guy and says it to the other. He, he knows your swing is different from mine to Spence's to Jano's to, you know, Springer. So he's not going to, you know, sugarcoat anything and tell you the same thing. And he, he just he put me in a good spot mentally, you know, get, gets me confidence. And he just, like I said, knows the swing, knows what the pitchers are trying to do, has a game plan for us. Like, Obviously, we have our own personal game plan, but he makes sure, like, all right, this is what the pitcher's going to do. This is what you should do. Obviously, try to don't try to cover the whole zone because you can't do that as a hitter. So he just knows just everything when it comes to hitting, and he's just a really smart dude. So I'm I'm glad that we have him there, and a lot of guys are going to benefit from, benefit from him being there. Yeah, he he. I mean, Ernie talked about how good he was. I mean, and our guy YJ's posted a video of him swinging it a little bit in the big leagues. A nice little finish there at the end of his fucking swing, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Up your uh, little bat tip, and he had a nice swing. Yeah, really he has nice a nice swing. swing. I, listen, I, I I don't know what it is, and I don't know if maybe major leaguers like this, but I liked playing for guys that actually did it. I'm not saying did it in the major leagues, but actually played. Like, is that something that maybe you kind of not have a little more respect for, but you're like, okay, I'm going to listen to it. Like, this guy knows what the fuck he's talking about. He played in the show. Like, do you – seeing the fact that he actually did it, made it to the show, was really successful, I believe, in AAA, does that add to it, like, make you trust him a little bit more than, let's say, a guy like me fucking giving you hitting tip? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, that definitely goes through my mind. If a guy tells me, or, like, you know, like even, like, um, like, you guys know Teacher Man, right? Oh. Oh, so <laughs> there's going to be yeah, some people who listen man. to this who are very happy no, that you're like, talking about Teacher oh, Man. What he teaches and everything like that but like he's so like one-dimensional like i i, I like what he does like don't get me wrong like I the knob to the sky like he yeah but he's like because he hasn't been there and he thinks okay my way or the highway and like dude you haven't played baseball so like you know what i mean but yeah that's the thing but i do like his stuff but i don't think that that works for every single hitter and so but hey he knows that one thing that might not work for him, might work for someone else. I, that's what I like about Hake. He's not, like, so one-dimensional. He he believes in, like, one type of, like, swing, what the swing should do, but how you get there is totally different from each one. you got to have a different mindset. So that's what I like really about Hake. And like I said, he's been there. His swing is literally the opposite of any ones I've ever seen. He, has, he was up here, had a toe tap, like, he went down. So, like, the fact that he did that and still succeeded – and, you know, he tells us that all the time. He's like, don't try to swing like me, that you can't do that. So, like, I like that about him because he's not one-dimensional. He he knows each person's different so that he gets you in a good spot. Yeah, no, I see. I mean, Matt Hag seems like just the greatest dude ever. And, obviously, Luplo talked about how good he was. He was there for a short period of time, Luplo, but he obviously talked glowingly about, like, the approaches and the meetings yeah. and, like, the stuff that he said. Like, he, pretty much he said to Luplo, like, I'm not going to get in your way. Obviously, I know you have big league time, but – like if you need me to be here for you, if I see something in your swing, like I'm going to bring it up to you. And if you use it, use it. If you don't, you don't. So that's what I do respect yeah. the guy that's not going to get in the way of, of people and all no. that type of all of that. But going into like the, that team last year, 
playing defense behind and hitting behind that pitching staff. How awesome was that, man? I mean, just just from the just the normal perspective. I mean, you have the best pitching staff in baseball. You're playing behind guys like Kevin Gossman, Chris Bassett, even Jordan Hicks was really good last year. I mean, how awesome was that to just know where if it, if I put up three, four runs, we're winning a baseball game. Yeah, you said it. It was the best pitching staff in baseball. Not just the starters, but the relievers, too. I mean, Mesa had a one. Swan- Swanee was lights out. Like, Romano, Hixie, like, every single person up and down that, that uh, pitching staff was the best. And so, playing defense, it, it make, they make it easier because you know they're going to give you six quality innings. Um, you know they're going to throw strikes. You know they're going to work fast. They're just, they're just smart pitchers, too. So, like, it, it kind of I'm lucky that, you know, I'm, I'm around this pitching staff because they are the best. And yeah. And like hitting, like it, hitting's tough. Like we definitely didn't perform last year. Like, like we wanted to, cause we did have the pitching staff in baseball and, you know, they put up a quality start and gave us quality uh, arms out of the pen every single time. And we kind of let them down in that aspect. We didn't put up any runs when we, when we, when we played most of the time. So like that was tough, but you know, hopefully this year, you know, it's something different because we do have the talent offensively to, you know, put up some runs and really go far. And because with this pitching staff, we just, you know, hit while they pitch. We're, I think, you know, the top three best teams in all the American easily. League. So, like, we, yeah, like, easily. This pitching staff is the best. So, like, as long as we hit and take care of business on the offensive side, we're going to be, you know, 101 team, in my opinion. For sure. Where is watching a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. batting practice up there in entertainment factor of things you've seen in your life? It's sick. Like, he doesn't just go up there and hits homers. Like, he works on stuff. Like, that's what people get, like, wrong about him is, like, he does have light tower power, and he'll let it loose sometimes. But, like, he he's working on stuff nonstop because he wants to get better. He wants to make sure he's in a good spot for the team. And, um, you know, Chapman's batting practice was pretty sick, too. He hit the ball so far. And I'm like, how, even Varsho, too. I'm like, how the hell do these guys do this? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm never going to be able to do this. Like, I was just like in all of them and i'm like i'm standing right next to him like i asked him all the time he's like dude you're you're sick like, I literally, <laughs> like even varsha varsha is not the biggest guy but he hits the ball so hard and i'm like damn these guys are just so talented it's crazy it's bodies i've seen obviously they the, it's just major league baseball and the jays always tweet his vp and you like beat writers always tweeting stuff like it's just it's it's absurd it's absolutely absurd what that guy's able to do have like the vets talk to you or like does is Vladdy helpful? Is Bobachet helpful? Like, have they seen stuff in your swing that they've talked to you about? Like, are they like a an extra hitting coach that's added to the team with how good they are? Yeah, Bo's a big guy when it came to like talking to me. Like, he he loved talking about the swing and like what he tries to do and like what he sees in my swing. And like, it's cool to hear it from him, like a dip, like a player's like a really good player's perspective. And, and you know, because hitting coaches can tell you all that all they want, you know. But like hearing it from Bo and the, having him say it to me because he's had so much success and he knows the swing better than anyone and he knows his swing and it's cool to have him say to me like he likes what I do stick it to my approach and you know because he he's kind of literally the opposite of how I hit like he swings at everything he makes 99% contact puts the ball in play can shoot the ball the other way on command and that's literally the opposite of me I kind of take pitches kind of you know make sure I'm a little bit more selective and we're just two different types of hitters, but we kind of have a lot of things in common when it comes to like what we're thinking at the plate. So like, it's kind of cool to see him and um, talk to me about it because he's just a smart hitter in general. And there's a bunch of other guys to talk to Vladdy, you know, just a bunch of chat with same things spring. Um, 
they're all just smart hitters. They kind of know what they do well. And that's the biggest thing is knowing what you do well and how to incorporate that in your game. Has the team talked to you about kind of your outlook for the start of this next season? Or is that something you think is going to happen when you get to spring training? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I talked to like a lot of the coaching staff and it's like kind of the same thing, like go, go to spring training, fight for a job, you know, the all season's not done yet. So like you never know, but just go out there and just compete. Don't worry about, you know, rumors or like just go out there and compete for a job, no matter where that is. And, you know, just do what you do best and you know, just go from there. Don't try to press or kind of have that sight or expectation on something because anything could happen. So just make sure you're in the good spot and just go out there and compete. When are you going to get I, down to the facility? Um, so I'm going down actually next week to Florida. I'm visiting my buddy in Miami for a couple of weeks. Griffin Conan, he was on the Blue Jays. He got straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm staying at his house for a couple of weeks, just me and him training, hitting, enjoying the Florida weather. And then I'm going to drive over. I guess the first of February. I mean, just get down there early, get situated, and make sure I'm ready for the first game. Are you a uh, are you a golf guy during spring training? Because me and Avery last year we'd play Warzone with uh, Schwarber and uh, Bryson <laughs> and stuff like that, and uh, they would just be golfing every single fucking day. Like, where are you oh. a big golf guy during spring training? That's why I want to go down there early before the game start, so I can play golf every single day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. Get, that's fair. We get done at like 11, 30, 12, like most days before it kind of gets busy. So like there's kind of nothing to do down there besides golf. So like might as well just go out there, play 18 and then get done by five and then just kind of do it the next day too. Like it's a lot of fun. How pumped are you to be able to leave spring training games early now? Like you're a big league guy. You'll be playing till the third, fourth inning. Then you're the fuck out of there. Like I, yeah. I, mean, I know it's not talked about enough, but. That's an underrated thing, but you're going to be able to get the fuck out of there in the third, fourth. You're not waiting until the seventh to the ninth inning to fucking play. Like you're 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 buzzing now. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't get invited to the big league spring training last year, which is like kind of a crazy thing about. And um, but yeah, I I actually was thinking about that the other day. Now that you say that, I was like, damn, do I do I get to leave like in the fifth, like when I'm done my at bats, or do I have to stay? I was literally thinking that. So I don't know. It might be a day to day thing to where. You know, if someone else leaves, I'll go with them or I'll stay with the all nine and, you know, cheer on a different uh, minor league guys. But like it is it is pretty cool to think about that. I could leave, but I might stay on some games just to cheer the guys on. Well, you know? the thing is, right, it's like there's nothing cooler. And I I just have glimpses of like Bryce Harper leaving a game in the middle and the camera pans to him yeah. and he's just walking down the fucking baseline <laughs> into the, the signing into, stuff. Yeah, it's the coolest thing ever. Like it's just. It's it's rock star shit. Now that's what happens when you're a big leaguer. So I would take full blown advantage of that, Schneid. You get the fuck out of there. It, it yeah. rocks. Those guys paid their dues. I'm still technically a rookie, so like I don't know <laughs> if I'm at pool yet. But it is. I was to be honest. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, damn, that would be cool. Like if it's in the fifth inning, just to grab all my shit and just go. <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Well, we'll play it by ear when I get down there. But you know, I I'll probably watch all nine just to are see because you, you know, all my. Are you a spring training guy? I mean, obviously, I personally hated practice. I know Avery did if you look at his fucking ERA. Um, no, no disrespect, obviously. But, uh, like, do you, it's just so repetitive, right? You're doing PFPs. You're fielding a million ground balls. You're hitting BP. Like, does it get at a certain point, like, closer to the end of February? Are you like, can we just get the fucking games going here? Like, does it hit that point yeah. for you? For sure. I mean, especially in minor league spring training. 
like that's like the biggest thing because like big league side i don't really know what they do when it comes to like day-to-day stuff i'm i'm, I'm sure it's like more laid back than us but like my league side it, it got so repetitive it's like dude we do this every year and i know like you have to do it but it's just like dude we've been playing baseball since we were seven like we know how to you know pick guys off but we have to do it that's the thing it, it might suck at the time but like it must it, it should be done but it's kind of drawn out sometimes like maybe it takes too long that day or stuff stuff like that but like it's stuff that you have to do but it is it's like do we do this every single year we kind of know how to field a bunt and throw to first base yeah. but it's something you got to do it, it gets boring for sure it's got to be nice at least to have one of the better facilities for spring training complexes right like some of the other guys are oh this the a's one is dog shit like the <laughs> yeah. a's one is dog shit I'm pretty sure half of Major League Baseball have dog shit facility. I think the Jays one has to be the best, right? For sure. I mean, our old place was literally, I think, one of the worst. I, I can't speak for, like, Arizona teams. I hear the A's are really bad. But our old place was terrible. And compared to our new place, it's literally 100 times better. Like, I, I'm like, it, it's literally awesome. I mean, have you you guys seen pictures of it, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've seen uh, – Jano sent me, used to send me fucking pictures. Because like, I think last year might have been the first year. You send me like pictures and stuff like that. It, it looks insane. It looks like yeah. a fucking. It, it looks like it looks like you're you're going to the moon when you step into that facility. Yeah, it's the real deal. The only thing that sucks is the stadium is separate from the actual complex. You have yeah. to drive up, take a bus, but like the actual complex is awesome. I mean, they put so much money into it. They put so much effort, and you know we got lucky with it because you know a lot of a lot of teams have that complex, and you know we're kind of, yeah like I said we're kind of lucky, and I'm. I'm grateful for it because you get so much more done there's so many more access to like you know pools or you know hot tubs you know more massage tables for guys like it's just easier for everyone because it's just bigger and there's more room that's the biggest thing it's not just because they have cooler stuff there's just more room because at the old place there was literally three tables that people could um you know get worked on and now there's you know 10 or like there's like 20 like there's a minor league side too so there's more but like it's just a lot a lot more room Let's draw let's draw your let's draw our line in the sand here for autograph seekers this spring because obviously I talk about it with some guys like Bryson and all that. They overdo the fuck out of it. Can we maybe like are you cool with implementing a system where it's one autograph per person? Because obviously in spring training, it's the fucking worst. That's when you get the vultures. That's when you get the dudes where you're signing an entire fucking binder. Have you established a set of rules before you start signing autographs where you're like, it's one autograph per person? Like, I'm not signing an entire fucking binder. Have you established yeah. those rules? Kind of. Like, the only rule I kind of do is, like, I, I'm going to do all the kids first that I can get to. I'm not going to do, you know, a 40-year-old Joe Schmo before I do a kid. That's, like, the biggest thing I'll, I'll do. But it is tough because, like, when it, when do you cut the line off? It's like, is it after six? Is it after, like, 20? Like, when do you do it? Yeah, and I'm not going to do two things per person because that, that's a pain in the ass. Like, I just signed something for you. But it is tough, like. Each day is going to, you know, be different. But, yeah, I'm definitely going to sign the kids stuff first. But, like, it's tough to draw that line during the moment. It's like, oh, I got to get going. But then, like, then people are going to get mad at you for doing that. It's like it's like it's a double-edged sword kind of. Because this is your first spring training, really, as, like, a big dog. Like, where you're, like, where you get recognized everywhere you go. Um, people are going to have your more, jersey. Yeah, the jerseys. Like, there's going to be more of the autograph seekers begging you to sign their type of stuff. Do you, I know you probably saw in Toronto, but have you gone to the point where you've got, like, have you had any experiences where you're like to a guy, listen, man, I've signed 40 fucking things for you here. Like you're here every single day outside of the Rogers center. Do you have any funny stories like that? Because Bryson 
in Toronto actually had a bad story where he was on his way to breakfast to meet me. And uh, these people were waiting outside. And he said, like, I'm going for breakfast. I can't sign right now. I'll sign after. And they wrote a massive thing on Twitter about how he's like a dog shit human being or all that type of all that. So do you have any stories like that? No, nothing like comes to mind when it comes to that. But like, obviously, like when we're at the hotel and there's guys like outside, I'm not I'm just going straight past that. I'm not signing any of that stuff. Like because the field's different. If they're at the field, definitely sign for them. But like every game, it's kind of that doesn't suck. But like we have to come out that gate. Is it gate fourteen or gate thirteen? We it's gate, yeah, it's gate like it's gate thirteen because gate fourteen is the media one. Gate, yeah, yeah. We walk out gate thirteen, and depending on how fast I get dressed and get out of there, there's about like fifty people. And, you know, really? Some, yeah, there's a lot. Like there's a shit ton of people, and most people like ask for like a picture. Not everyone asks for an autograph, but like some people are just so rude about it. Like they're just shoving stuff in my face, and you know, I I don't say I can't really say no to a person. But it does definitely is a nuisance sometimes just because, like, dude, I'm trying to get to my hotel. Like, obviously, people know I'm, like, leaving. and But it, it definitely gets a little bit, and like I said, a nuisance sometimes. But I can't say no to people, especially, like, a like a woman or a kid. Like, Yeah, no, for sure. I, it's the old dudes, man. I go on to fight with it. And I told the story on the pod. I go on to fight with, with the guy at the uh, Great American Ballpark. I, was, I, I drove, like, eight, nine hours to go see Luplo. Uh, he's, they're facing the Reds. And... Uh, I'm tall. I'm in the middle of a conversation with Luplo and this grown man comes over to me, comes over to us and says, excuse me, like, what's your name? Can I get you to autograph like some cards? And I looked at him. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I, I literally, like, I got in a full blown argument with him. Luplo was like laughing. Obviously he was like, relax, dude, relax, relax. But it's just the, some people just don't know. Like they're, they don't have, they don't have, I guess like a line. They just, they just blow yeah. past it with that type of stuff. And then you see it on fucking eBay 30 minutes later. If it's kids, I get it. Obviously. Listen, I, I used to be that kid when I was younger, but it's just crazy to me, like how absurd some of these adults are. It's absurd. I, I couldn't ima- imagine being like Gossman or imagine being like Vladdy. Oh. It's insane. Yeah, like I funny you say that too because I kind of had a similar story. We were I was obviously living in the hotel, and when Danner first got called up, like his parents were in the hotel lobby, and I was like saying hi to them and like you know greeting them, hugging them, and we were talking for like about five minutes, and then this like dude comes up. I was mid conversation with Danner's mom and he just shoves like, like a big, like, you know, binder full, like, you know, um, cards in my face. I'm like, Yo, sign this, please. I was like, obviously I'm in a conversation, dude. I don't, I didn't say that, but I was like, sure, man. Like I was talking here, but I'll, I'll sign it. But it was just yes. like that type of stuff. I kind of really dropped just cause like people have no sense of boundaries or like, is there not, they don't have is, a line. Is there not a parking garage? Like you guys could go to. Cause I know obviously a lot of you guys walk through that type of stuff. Do a lot of players just walk to the games? Cause in in Philadelphia, when I went to go visit Bryce and not talk with Bryce again, it's just like they have their own separate private parking garage where they don't have to walk past fans or meet fans and all that. Yeah, so well, like I lived in the hotel, so like in order to get to the lobby, you have to like go through, or in order to get down, you have to go through the lobby. It's like there was no other entrance way, which is kind of dumb. Like I wish they kind of had a different entrance way, yeah. but it is what it. But you run into so many people in the lobby or like outside. And you know they're they're just asking for autographs and pictures, which is fine. You know it's it is what it is. But yeah, it's just when it's like when it's repetitive and you've done it for like the same people a hundred times. I understand that. Yeah. But last yeah. thing that I want to talk about here, obviously going into next year, what are your like goals that you've set? Obviously, we talked about high expectations, all of that. What are your goals? Like, obviously, the first one is to is to make the team, make the uh, be on the opening day roster, play opening day at Rogers Center. Which, by the way, you haven't seen that yet. 
it's fucking crazy. It's the loud, like it when that stadium is sold out, especially opening day, it's absolutely bananas. But what is your kind of goals going into next year that you've set for yourself? If you have any? Yeah, I mean, obviously make the opening day roster. You know, I want to start like that's the main goal, and I want to contribute in any way possible. But you know, sometimes that's not the way it happens. But you just got to make sure I'm going out there and just kind of give everything I got each day. Like that's the one thing that I can really control. And you got to let everything else kind of take care of itself because I don't make the decisions on whether I make the team, be in the lineup or stuff like that. Just make sure I'm ready and prepared each day. And I know that's a cliche answer, but it is what I believe in. And so just give everything I got each day and make sure, you know, I put myself in a good position to, you know, be successful and, you know, make the team start pinch hit, whatever it is. Love that. Anything else, Avery, you got for our guy? No, I just appreciate your time, Davis. Thanks, brother. Yeah, listen, man, yeah. we're fired off for you, dude. Obviously, like I said, I just – I don't know what it is. I just gravitate towards the guys that weren't first-round draft picks that had everything handed to them in life. Like the Bassets were – is like a blue-collar guy like you, Swanee. All these type of guys that I've bec- I've become friends with are just guys that not, not were looked over, looked over upon or whatever, but they were guys that I had to literally grind their fucking dick off, had nothing handed to them. So I'm excited for you next year. Obviously, all of all of Blue Jays fans are. So let's hit some bombs off minor leaguers in spring training. Let's crack that all roster. Right. We will see you March 1st to 6th. We'll get some content going there for sure. And uh, keep doing your thing, man. We're so pumped for you. really are. And uh, happy to have this friendship here uh, going into next year. Hell yeah, guys. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I mean, it's always a blast having talking to you guys. So, you know, and I'll see you guys March 1st. And, you know, we'll have a good uh, five days or so.